The Washington Capitals play the Florida Panthers again tonight. Should be a great game. Let's talk about that next on Locked On Capitals. Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello and welcome into this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all major platforms. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen or view of the day. Yes, this podcast is also available in video form. Check that out on YouTube. My name is Dan Holmey. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at LockedOnCaps. So just to start off here, the Washington Capitals had a day off today as they prepare for the Florida Panthers game that's going to be tonight. And I wish that I had some more news about Tom Wilson's condition, but I don't have it at this time. So in today's episode, we are going to talk about some notes from today around practice. Uh, in the first segment here, we're going to talk about what was going on with the Washington Capitals yesterday. And then we're going to talk about in the next segment with the, what the Florida Panthers, what they're up to and how do they plan to come back and take on the Washington Capitals in game number two. And then in the final segment, we are going to talk a little bit about the Hershey Bears as they make their push and get ready to get started here in the Calder Cup. Uh, it's going to be a great episode. You'll want to stick around. So just to start off today, there wasn't uh, a whole lot going on as far as that practice, but there are some notes that I have going here. And just the biggest thing that the Washington Capitals are going to have to do is they're going to have to find a way to come after this team again with a big physical game. That was one thing that was missing a bit uh, in game number one was that they did not counter the Florida Panthers with that same intensity that the Florida Panthers have though, you know, that's what the Capitals are going to have to do. And, you know, if they have to answer the bell and, you know, drop the gloves or just, you know, finish their checks, whatever they have to do to get an advantage, because let's be honest, there's some things that happen in the game where if, you know, one thing went this way or the other, the Washington Capitals could have lost. There were, I think, you know, too many occasions where the Capitals spent too much time in the penalty box and it kind of gave too much um, opportunity to a Florida Panthers team that has a lot of firepower. So that is one of the things that they're going to have to work on in game number two. Um, you know, I, the Capitals did play a really solid game, I got to say, in game one, but there are some things that they have to work on if they plan on winning this series because, um, let's face it, I mean, there was things and moments in this game you know, the Capitals trailed for a line share of the game, so they weren't playing great uh, through the entirety of the game. The biggest issues of concern were the physical presence of the game and just staying out of the penalty box. As you all know, you cannot win games if you're spending a line share of the game in the penalty box. And just uh, they were talking with the different players on the Washington Capitals and what was their take about what did they think? How do they think that the game went? In some of the comments were the only thing I think we should take from game one is that we played well and that we have confidence that we can play a good game for 60 minutes and then we can make it into game number two. Uh, that was nicked out after practice today. And that's the one thing that I talked about. 
uh, is that, you know, you can't spend too much time patting yourself on the back and saying, hey, we took down a Florida Panthers team that won the president's trophy. You got to get ready for game number two. And, uh, you know, my secrets for success on this one, you got to put Vitek Vanacek back in net. I know that, uh, you know, I was saying earlier that maybe they should try putting Ilya Samsonov in there because he is, uh, you know, all in pound for pound, a better athlete. But it seems that Vitek Vanacek kind of, um, he plays better in high pressure situations. And uh, I mean, you're not going to have a bigger high pressure situation than the playoffs in the NHL. So I think that, you know, it's just a kind of a common sense thing that you got to continue to go with the hot hand. And I think that that's what you will see in the game tonight is Vitek Vanacek back in net. We played a really solid game, but there's always place to improve, and that's exactly what we need to do. It's playoff hockey. Both teams are going to adjust, and that was Anthony Mantha after the practice on Wednesday talking about that, and uh, that's kind of what he was talking about. You know, Anthony Mantha, like I talked about, he doesn't bring a physical game. That's really not a part of his makeup uh, per se. I mean, he can from time to time, but he's not a Tom Wilson style player. He's not a guy that's going to be dropping the gloves all the time. He's not a guy that's going to be mixing it up in the corners. That's just not in his nature. But in the absence of Tom Wilson, Anthony Mantha really stepped up last game. He saw that uh, that Florida team was bringing a big physical game and he felt and he kind of looked around. He's like, well, if I got to grab this bull by the horns and do it, I'm going to do it. And he did it. He led the team in hits, and uh, that's what they're going to expect from him. As we know, Tom Wilson, lower body, is getting treatment today. He will be a game-time decision for Game 2 on Thursday per Peter Laviolette. And doesn't that sound a bit similar to uh, what Peter Laviolette said about Alex Ovechkin? It's not in exactly the same situation, though. You could kind of tell in the press Alex Ovechkin that uh, he was going back and he was at practices and actively skating. So it was more um, easy to understand that he was going to be coming back. It's a little bit more blurry with Tom Wilson is if he is actually going to be playing tonight, I guess we'll be able to tell at practice if he's, you know, actively taking a part in practice or not. We can gauge that to an extent. But I also think to a certain extent that Coach Peter Laviolette is viewing it as being a bit advantageous not to let the Florida Panthers know uh, if Tom Wilson is playing or not. Because if they don't let the Panthers know if Tom Wilson's playing, then they can't plan for it. Uh, At this point, they're just going to have to kind of guess to see if he's going to be playing. Because much in that same way that I was talking about with Alex Ovechkin, He was a game-time decision as well, even though it was a bit more clear-cut in that situation that Alex was going to be playing. But let's be honest, we do need Tom Wilson out on the ice. We need that big body, that big presence, that intimidation factor that kind of puts the scare into the opposition. And there's not a lot of players uh, in the NHL that kind of garner uh, that kind of presence that, you know, I would say that, you know, like a Ryan Reeves or there's some other guys out there, you know, just big intimidating factors that you don't want to go into the corner because you're scared that Wilson or someone like that is just going to flatten you. So, I mean, it's not just that, but also his goal scoring touch, as we talked about yesterday, Tom Wilson is a 20 plus goal scorer. So to kind of paint him with a broad brush and call him just a big tough guy and just a goon is uh, not really doing Tom Wilson justice. So that's what we need is we need Tom Wilson out there. That's going to be the keys for success for the next game as I lay him out here. Tom Wilson, we really need to have the return of Tom Wilson in there. We need to continue 
to pepper Bobrovsky with shots. Just keep hitting him a shot after shot. Chances are he is going to start in game number two. Uh, because he is their number one netminder in Florida. But they've kind of exposed a weakness in the armor with the Florida Panthers, and that's netminding. Now, Bobrovsky is the kind of uh, goalie that plays well during the regular season, but he struggles in postseason. Uh, that's the book on him. If you want to take a look at his stats, that's what they are on Bob, as they call him down there. So that's what they're going to have to do, and they're going to have to continue to exploit the weakness of the Florida Panthers. I know that everyone uh, in Florida was all excited and it was all a buzz over the NHL network and everywhere else that Ekblad was back. It's going to be Ekblad and Uyghur out there. And now the de- the defense of the Florida Panthers is shorn up and they're going to take on this Capitals team, this aging roster. They're not going to really stand any chance, but I guess we all really showed the Florida Panthers, what this aging roster can do. And it doesn't matter. Bring your best and we'll bring our best and we'll see who is on top after the dust settles. And I think it's going to be the Capitals again, as long as they stick to the script, they bring that big physical presence. We see the return of Tom Wilson and uh, it's it's going to be another game on the road. And we hope to get another hot performance from Vitek Vanacek. Um, if not, I mean, I like I say, all these goalies for the Capitals based on inconsistency through the regular season are going to be on a short lease, leash because that is the problem with uh, the netminders on the Washington Capitals is they'll play really hot one game and not so hot the next game. So we got to kind of take it on a game by game basis. And so at this point, Vitek Vanacek is the number one netminder for the Capitals. But if he does struggle, you got to pull him and go with Samsonov. And if he, if you don't get consistency between the two of them, it is time for Zach Fukali. There is some good news on the injury front or uh, possible injury front. Uh, after the game, the condition of John Carlson was not really known. We thought that we might have lost an elite defenseman in the form of John Carlson, who took a high hit from Sam Bennett in the final moments of Game 1, is fine and good to go tomorrow per Peter Laviolette. So that is great news. Um, That was one of the hits that it was just one of those cheap shots. It was a moment of desperation and frustration from that Florida Panthers team because, you know, I think that, you know, you can kind of start believing your own hype and get, you know, like, what is this Capitals team doing, uh, destroying us and beating us and scoring all these goals? And I think that that frustration started to kind of boil over. And uh, John Carlson was on the receiving end of that. And uh, I'm just glad that it wasn't a situation where John Carlson got injured over something so stupid and petty as Sam Bennett pretty much just losing his temper. I mean, there's a time and place for everything. And I know that the physical emotion is a part of a hockey game, but you got to kind of keep that in check a little bit because it wasn't like it was, um, you know, a deciding play. He was just kind of behind the net and he checked him hard to the ice, was totally uncalled for. And that's one of the situations where you have to be team tough And I'm not really a big supporter of dropping the gloves at any situation. I think there's a time and a place for everything. But if you have someone that cross-checks John Carlson, one of the best defensemen, if not the best defenseman on the Washington Capitals, that, if you're asking me, is the time to drop the gloves. Whoever the tough guy is on, on the ice at that moment, 
should do whatever they have to do to make them aware that you're not going to get away with that because they're going to look for the weakness in the Washington Capitals. And if they see that they can bring a big physical game and there's no response, then what do you think they're going to keep doing? They're going to continue to keep bringing that physical game. We very well might be without Tom Wilson in game number two. That is a daunting thought just to think about that. So who knows what kind of physical game and what kind of schemes they're going to try to run in game number two. It's kind of this dirty hockey out there. I'm talking about you, Gudis, in particular, um, that you're going to have to get ready and combat that. So if you have someone like Sam Bennett who's coming up to John Carlson and cross-checking them, someone better drop the gloves and answer the bell and make them aware that you're not going to get away with that with this Washington Capitals team. If it's not Tom Wilson on the ice, there's other guys that aren't willing, that are will, more than willing to drop the gloves. Dmitry Orloff is pretty tough out there. Garnet Hathaway. There are some guys, Alex Ovechkin, that will answer the bell if called upon, even though it seems like uh, Alex Ovechkin kind of doesn't, he doesn't really want to get involved with that unless you really um, push the issue. If you remember back in 2019 when um, Shvechnikov wanted to be a tough guy, this young guy in the league, and he thought he was going to be a tough guy and take on Alex Ovechkin, and he was going to show the rest of the league and the, his fellow teammates what a tough guy he is. Knocked out cold. So make that any lesson out there that if you step up to someone, you you get what you get. And if you step up to someone like John Carlson, I know that John Carlson is not really a tough guy. He's not really a fighter. And I think that, you know, probably to a certain extent, Peter Laviolette is drilling into their head. You can't engage in these fights or you're going to be suspended for one or you're going to spend a lot of the game in the penalty box. And the Washington Capitals do not want that to happen. That is not what the doctor ordered. They have to go about and play their game. Play a solid game. You don't need to get drawn into these stupid situations. But, you know, if there's a situation like that where someone is just hit in a cowardly move, then it's game on and you get what you get. We're going to, you know, you did hit us with a low blow. We're going to hit you with a low blow back. All right. After the break here, we're going to talk about that Florida Panthers team. How do they think the game went? We'll talk about that. But first, our next partner has a product I use every day. I started taking Athletic Greens because I needed more energy and I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great. I wanted to see what this hype was about. Now I've been taking it for about one month and I love it. It doesn't taste like it's super healthy. It kind of has a mild tropical taste that I actually look forward to eat, taking each morning. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all the things. I personally use it because I have young children at home and I can use that extra boost of energy. So it's lifestyle friendly. So whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy free or gluten free, it contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting good, supports better sleep quality and recovery, supports mental clarity and alertness. It's the one thing with the best things. Athletic Greens uses the best products based on the latest science and constant product iterations and third-party testing. Importance of a, of a multivitamin, tons of people take some kind of multivitamin, and it's important to choose one with high-quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb. AG1 is a small micro habit with big benefits. It's one thing you can do every single day to take care of yourself. Your subscription comes with a year supply of vitamin D, which is so important as we head into these spring and summer months. 
Now, it costs less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself. You're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five, tree, five free travel packs with your purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up on the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, in this next segment here, we're going to talk about the Florida Panthers. But first, thank you for making Locked On Capitals your first listen. For your next listen, check out Locked On Now podcasts, nightly recaps of every NHL game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. So like I was saying, in this segment, we're going to talk about the Florida Panthers and what was their take on the game. Obviously, they're a bit dejected and, and heartbroken that they weren't able to win game number one of the playoffs in their home arena and just really pound their chest that, you know, we won the president's trophy and eat that Washington Capitals. Well, that was not what was meant to be. You know, it was the saw the return of Ekblad back and everyone is all hyped about that. It's Ekblad and Uyghur out there playing on defense together and, you know, just all happy about everything. So just the response on Ekblad on his response to the game, he says, we're all humans here. There are things that are more important than hockey. I think, and then Brunette here was saying, I think our execution could be a little better. A lot of credit to them. They played a really good game. We're still in good spirits. We still know how good of a team we are. There's no panic in the locker room. And of course, they're going to say there's no panic in the locker room. I mean, what kind of player or team is going to say, you know, they beat us and we're scared. We're going to hide under our lockers and or the benches because we're so frightened of how things went. They have to put on a brave face, but let's face it. The Washington Capitals went into their barn and we showed them what's up. We beat them in game number one. It was one of the things, if you looked at all the different things, if you went to betonline.com or any of the websites, that it was clear odds that the Florida Panthers were going to win this game. But that's what I'm saying. You can always go based on odds and even sometimes statistics because even the best laid plans go to waste, as they say at times. And I think that it was just one of the things that... Um, the Florida Panthers thought it was just going to be too easy. There was no one, there was no NHL insiders, no one that picked the Washington Capitals to win. Even some of the Capitals insiders didn't pick them to win. So it was against great odds that the Capitals were able to come back and win in that game. Bennett was saying the third period comeback, they had good push. We didn't have enough pushback. And then Ekblad followed up to say, I'd like to think we're going to learn a valuable lesson from this. And, uh, you know, that's one of the things that that Florida Panthers team is going to have to do. Um, you know, their keys to success is I would say it's time to pull uh, Bobrovsky just based on his history of not being real solid in net. And, uh, you know, they're not going to have a lot of time to do that before it's too late. Um, if you just kind of take a look at at their team and their weakness, um, and it's in net, it's in defense, and the Capitals are going to exploit that uh, if they're given an opportunity. Spencer Knight, if they should, would be best, he won um, Player of the Month 
Um, and I know he's a bit of an unproven commodity and I don't want the Florida Panthers to win. Don't get me wrong. But if I was managing the Florida Panthers team, that's what I would do is, uh, you know, I know that Bob played pretty good for most of the game, but you know, everything in hockey and all of uh, professional sports nowadays is based on analytics and the analytics are that Bobrovsky is not a real great netminder in the postseason, and um, there's no real no real reason to think that he will be this year. And uh, their big keys to success is they're going to have to figure out that defense, and they're going to have to avoid being overly aggressive. That was one of the things, you know, like I talked about the Capitals, they need to step it up. They were almost too aggressive. They got into that position where they cross-checked John Carlson. They got into that position where they were overly aggressive and uh, ended up causing Tom Wilson to get uh, out of the game because of injury. Any one of those things for the Florida Panthers could have caused one of their players to be suspended um, or spend a lengthy period of time in the penalty box. So for the Panthers, what they're going to have to do is they're going to have to work on that kind of thing. They're going to have to work about not um, being too overly aggressive and just kind of play into their strengths. That's one of the things that the Panthers have is they have excess um, scoring potential. So there is no real reason um, that they shouldn't just do that. Stick to your strengths and uh, that would lead to success for the Panthers. Again, I don't want to have them have any success, but just kind of looking at it from an NHL perspective, that is what they have to do uh, if they want to have have any hope of moving on to the next round. You know, don't get me wrong. I would love nothing more for the Capitals to take them down and just move on to the next round rather quickly than wasting a bunch of time. But if you're looking at it from a Florida Panthers perspective, that's what you have to do. You can't keep going with the same thing, doing the same thing again and again is the definition of insanity, like they say. Like they say. So it's the same in this situation here. So after the break here, we're going to talk about the Hershey Bears. Yes, the Hershey Bears, the AHL affiliate of your Washington Capitals, a team that has seen a lot of um, former Bears now playing on the Capitals. If you look at John Carlson, Braden Holtby, Martin Faravari, uh, there's just so many players that over the years have worked their way up through that Hershey organization in just a real testament of what kind of team that is and what kind of training ground that is to just really develop players that are, are NHL ready. But first, betonline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all of the latest sports development, league news, reviews, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball, and this weekend's Run to the Roses as the Kentucky Derby is back. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. So in this next segment, we are going to talk about the Hershey Bears as they start their push for the playoffs. You know, this is a great opportunity for them. They're no stranger to the playoffs and to going to the Calder Cup. The Hershey Bears open the 2022 Calder Cup playoffs this weekend in a best of three series versus the rival Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins. So yes, the rivalry between the Capitals and the Penguins is not just tied to the NHL. It is also in the AHL. If you ever watch the games, it's equally as chippy. The Penguins will host game one on Friday night at Mohagen Sun Arena and the series shifts back to Hershey Sunday evening the game two at Giant Center which is a great facility if you haven't been there if necessary a winner take all game three would be Monday night at Wilkes-Barre Scranton so just a really great opportunity 
to see a really great team. You're going to see a, a lot of future capitals there. Final regular season team leaders, goals, Garrett Pilon, 17 assists, Mike Vecchioni, 28, who briefly played for the Capitals. He also led in points with 44 power play goals, Garrett Pilon and Mike Vecchioni. Do you see his name listed on here? So call him up. He's ready to play. I would say he's definitely going to get his shot at camp in the fall. Shorthanded goals, Joe Snively, who we'll talk about later in this segment with three plus minus Joe Snively, wins Phoenix Copley 18, goals against average Hunter Shepard, and save percentage Hunter Shepard 0.922. So there is a lot of players that are going to be headed to this capital team in years. Um, I don't know if Phoenix Copley necessarily is going to be one of those, just based on the fact that he has had a lot of opportunities to prove himself in the NHL, and he really hasn't done that. He had that one or two years there where he played pretty well, but he really hasn't seemed to find his way uh, back in the NHL. And, you know, to a certain extent, I wish nothing but the best for Phoenix Copley, even if it wasn't with a Capitals organization. The guy put in his time, and if he could find a home somewhere in the NHL, that would be a really great thing. The number five Bears battle the number four Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins in a best of three series to open the 2022 Calder Cup playoffs. This marks the eighth time in team history the 181 rivals have squared off in the postseason since Wilkes-Barre Scranton joined the league in 99-2000. Hershey is 4-3 and all-time in series versus the Penguins with the most recent meeting coming in the 2016 Atlantic Division Finals. That series went the distance and Game 7 at Giant Center. Hershey's Travis Boyd scored a memorable goal at 10:57 of overtime to give Hershey the series win. Hershey all-time playoff record versus the Penguins is 17-15, and 15, and this year's matchup is the first time the two clubs will tangle in a best-of-three series. And like I say, it is that rivalry that goes back and forth between the Caps and the Penguins, and it's just in the AHL affiliate, too. And uh, it's a really a great chance if you get a chance to see those guys play. Um, if you can't attend a game live, you can watch it on, I think it's AHL.TV. And um, just depending on what happens with the Capitals, say in, for some unforeseen circumstances that the Capitals make a quick exit, my coverage will switch over to the Hershey Bears. So I hope that the Capitals can go all the way and win a Stanley Cup. But in the event that they make an early exit, it will switch to Hershey Bears coverage through the entire Calder Cup. Head-to-head facts, the Bears went 8-3-1-0 versus the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins in the 12 head-to-head meetings this season. Hershey won the first seven meetings between the two clubs, but Wilkes-Barre Scranton finished the season with a series with three straight wins, including a 3-1 shutout on home ice. In the final regular season meeting on April 19th, Hershey went 5-1-0-0 versus the Baby Pens on home ice this season, but were just 3-2-1-0 at the Mohegan Sun Arena. The Bears outscored the Penguins 41-23 overall in the season series, and Hershey's power play was strong 10-35. for That's a 28.6 over the 12 meetings. And it's just some real great statistics for that Bears team. Head-to-head leaders versus the Penguins this season. Hershey was placed in scoring by Mason Morelli and Mike Vecchioni, who each had three goals and seven assists. Netminding Phoenix Copley was 5-1-0 versus the Penguins with a 1.99 goals against average and a .928 save percentage, while Hunter Shepard was 3-1-0, supporting a .76 goals against average and a .966 save percentage. Wilkes-Barre Scranton was led in the season series by Valtin Pustinen, 
who collected six points, three goals, three assists, and 12 games versus the Bears. He had the overtime winner in a 3-2 victory for the Baby Pens on April 15th at Mohegan Sun Arena. And net for the Penguins, Tommy Napier was the only goaltender to record a win versus the Bears going 4-1-1. He had a 2.09 goals against average versus Hershey and a .925 save percentage. He made 24 saves versus the Bears on April 19th to record his first AHL shutout in a 3-0 win. So, you know, the Capitals stack up pretty good against the Baby Pens as well. And in some truly great news, Joe Snively is back. Yes, the hometown hero is back. I wish it was almost, I wish it was kind of on the, the Capitals team, but I really don't know where he would fit in at this point. As you know, he played pretty well for the Capitals uh, earlier in the season when, you know, he was just kind of called up based on necessity. But in his time for the Capitals, he played great on the big team, and we hope to see him at camp in the fall. And maybe he can find a way onto the team. Who knows what lies ahead for this Capitals team? Forward Joe Snively has returned to Hershey's roster as he was signed to the Bears by the NHL's Washington Capitals on a long-term injury conditioning loan. Snively is eligible to play in Hershey's opening round playoff series versus the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins. The skilled forward was one of the AHL's top scorers at the time of his recall, posting 38 points, 15 goals, 23 assists. Despite only playing 35 games with the chocolate and white this season, the native of Herndon, Virginia, finished third on the Bears in points and fourth on the club in goals. At the time of Snively's recall to the NHL, he held a 14-game scoring streak on home ice, collecting 21 points in that stretch. That streak tied a mark previously set by Alexander Giroux as the longest home point scoring streak in club history against Wilkes-Barre Scranton in the 21-22 season. Snively collected eight points, three goals, five assists. So like I say, it's it's going to be Joe Snively time. I mean, he's just coming into his own, and I think that he's got what it takes. You know, it's not going to happen this year, but this Capitals team, depending on what happens in the playoffs, might be looking at some changes being made. Uh, I guess we don't really know exactly what's going to be happen at this time. And also in news on the Hershey Bears, uh, Bear Hughes uh, and Bear Hughes here and Borgden Triniev are going to get their opportunity on the Hershey Bears. So some players that um, are prospects essentially may get their chance to kind of prove themselves with the 2022, excuse me, the 21-22 NHL season beginning to commence the first wave of activity for the Washington Capitals has begun to form of the rookie camp for the past few days. And uh, that's what I'm talking about is that I think that, you know, in the rookie camp for them in the fall, that is when those guys chance to shine is really going to become apparent. Um, and I hope for nothing for the best, but the, for these two young players, um, I'm going to have more about those in an upcoming episode. Uh, the capital sign Bodgan Triniev uh, to a contract. In this case, the Washington Capitals have signed forward a, uh, excuse me, Bogdan Treniev to a three-year entry-level contract. Senior Vice President General Manager Brian McClellan announced today Treniev's contract will carry an average annual value of 859167 The 6'3", 198-pound forward split the season with the Dynamo Moscow of Russian Junior Hockey League and Dynamo Moscow of the KHL. Treniev 20 recorded 18 goals, 3 goals, 15 assists, and 21 games with the MH. K Dynamo Moscow and played in 11 games with the Dynamo Moscow. 
In the 2021 season, Trenny have recorded 30 points, 15 goals, 15 assists in 33 games and nine points in 14 playoff games with the Moscow Dynamo winning the MHL champion. So there is a lot of players coming up through the pipeline, as they say. And, uh, you know, Bear Hughes is another one of those big players that's going to get his opportunity here sooner or later as well. Um, and it's just kind of a, a positive sign that there is great uh, scouting. Um, this uh, Bear Hughes was named the captain of the Spokane Chiefs. Um, just some running over some stats here for you with just some great potential for some future Capitals teams of our future Capital players. The Caps pick Bear Hughes and Bogdan Triniev to join the Bears on tryouts. So this is their opportunity to kind of show themselves and see where they fit in. If you look at their stats online, they are very good. It uh, doesn't always necessarily translate to the NHL. The Hershey Bears announced today that forwards Bear Hughes and Bogdan Triniev have signed tryout agreements with the club. Both players are Washington Capitals prospects who were selected in the 2020 NHL draft. Hughes 20 led the Western Hockey League Spokane Chiefs in all scoring categories this season, posting a team best in goals 24 Four assists, 43, and point sixty-seven. He was named Spokane's 35th captain in team history this past January and earned U.S. Division second All-Star team honors. The six foot two, one hundred and seventy-one pound forward posted 116 points. That's 42 goals, 74 assists over his 127 game WHL career. The post. Falls, Idaho native, was selected by Washington in the fifth round of the 2020 NHL draft. Triniev, 20, played 11 games for Dynamo Moscow of the KHL this season. The six foot three, 190 pound forward was selected in the fourth round of the 2020 NHL draft by the Capitals internationally. Triniev won a gold medal with Team Russia at the 2019 Getsky Cup, recording four points, two goals, and two assists. So just some, like I say, the pipeline is flowing for this Capitals team. And I think that, you know, at some point, the the players that are playing on the team, I hope they can get Alex Ovechkin and John Carlson, Nick Backstrom. I, could, I hope they play another five to 10 years. Not going to happen. But, you know, one of these days, they're going to hang up the skates. And it's good to know that there are these prospects, some of them who will work out, some of them who will not work out. Um, but the Capitals always have their eyes on the horizon. If there's one thing, you know, even just take a look at what they have in net in the form of Hunter Shepard and what they have in Zach Fukali and Phoenix Copley, all some really great goaltenders. And I think the future is bright for this Capitals team. Um, just not looking at it this year, but looking in the coming years, because as you know, change is coming. Things don't last forever. And uh, I think that the Capitals are poised to be in a great position. All right, I want to thank you again for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals. And I'll make your second listen, Locked On NHL, from first round matchups to each Stanley Cup. Locked On NHL covers the playoffs like no other. Hear the latest news, opinions from local experts every fr Monday through Friday. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. So once again, thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals. I will have complete game breakdown of game two of the Washington Capitals versus the Florida Panthers. Let's hope for a victory. Let's go, Caps!